For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Let's talk about the cross of Christ and approach this study in a most fascinating way today from the International Gospel Hour. Stay tuned. On Jordan's stormy banks I stand. Hi, this is Jay Webb for International Gospel Hour. For almost 90 years, Churches of Christ have proclaimed God's Word through International Gospel Hour. You are about to listen to another Bible-based lesson with Jeff Archie of International Gospel Hour, starting now. I am bound for the promised land. Thank you to our J-Webb, and greetings to all of you. We appreciate the good words of Jay, and you'll hear from Jay throughout our broadcast. And also, we are thankful you are joining us. We are encouraged with the requests we receive through our messages here from the International Gospel Hour, free study material, free material to read and to study. We're grateful for your interest. And we're thankful that you've joined us today, whether you're hearing us by radio, podcast option, whatever the case might be. Thank you for choosing the International Gospel Hour. Today, dear friends, I wish to discuss the paradoxes of the cross of Christ. While searching through some files of days gone by, I came across this subject and discussion. And friends, it's worthy of our consideration for the word paradox Maybe it's not used often, but we use it in a different way. We may not be familiar with the word. Let me explain. When you define the word paradox, it is a seemingly contradictory statement that may nonetheless be true. Like, for example, uh, the paradox that standing is more tiring than walking. Now, when you first hear that, you're thinking, hmm, wait a minute, but the more you think about it, I have to admit, folks, sometimes I get a little bit more weary just standing around than walking. How about this phrase? Have you ever used this phrase, less is more? Now, on the surface, wait a minute, how can less be more? Or maybe a more elaborate way, sometimes you gain addition by subtraction. And I think you know what I mean in coming along with that. Again, it's a statement that may seem self-contradictory at first, but it expresses a possible truth. So you hear something and you wonder, no, wait a minute, how can that be? But when you ponder and examine it, the truth comes forth. So when I talk about the paradoxes of the cross of Christ, I'm going to present to you several statements that on the surface, when you first hear them, you think, well, wait a minute, how can this be? But dear friends, they're not possible truth. They are truth all the way. We'll be back in a moment for our study, but first, here is our J. Webb. Since 1934, the International Gospel Hour has been heard over the radio, and to God be the glory. We are blessed to remain on the air through gracious giving of congregations of Churches of Christ, faithful Christians, and devoted friends. That's why you will never hear us asking for money from you, our listeners. Our offers of material and study aids are absolutely free. We want you to grow in the knowledge of the Word of God. Thank you always for listening. First, friends, Christ came into the world that we may enter heaven. Christ came into the world that we may enter heaven. When we note from 1 Timothy 1 in verse 15 of how 
Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, of whom Paul said he was the chief thereof. And how in John 3.16 that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. There's no doubt Christ came into the world and did so that we may enter heaven. Are we reminded of the words of Christ in John 14.1 through 3? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. In Second Corinthians 5 and verse 1, uh, we know that if we leave this earthly tabernacle, we have a home made without hands. So, friends, Christ came into the world that we may enter heaven. That's not a possible truth. That's a clear-cut truth. How about this next phrase? Christ was born in the flesh that we may be born of spirit. Now, think on that one for a moment. Christ was born in the flesh that we may be born of spirit. He was born in the flesh. He came into this world. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, John 1.14. And in Galatians 4 and verse 4, that in the fullness of time, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law. Jesus was born in the flesh. God in the flesh. God among us. That we may be born of spirit. Well, is that not what was taught to Nicodemus in John 3 and verse 5? Not a physical birth again, but to be born of the water and of the spirit. And in 1 Peter 1, verse 23, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. And the Word of God instructs us how to be born again through our faith and our repentance, our confession of faith and baptism into Christ added to His church. You see, Christ was born in the flesh that we may be born of spirit. Here's another paradox of the cross. Christ accepted poverty that we may be rich. You know, Luke 9.58 affirms how Jesus said, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. There were people that were gracious unto Christ and helped him along the way. And in 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 9, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. See, there it is. There's the truth right there. It's not just a possible truth. That is clear truth. Jesus came from heaven to earth, became poor, that we may be rich. And in Ephesians 2 and verse 7, that in ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Dear friends, what a joy that we can be made rich in Christ. He accepted poverty that we may be rich. Here is a fourth phrase of interest. Christ was rejected of men that we may be accepted of God. He was rejected of men that we may be accepted of God. When we consider Isaiah 53 and and verse 3, how the Bible says he was rejected of men, and we see the prophecy of the Christ and how he was treated and he did so for our sins. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. John 1 and verse 11. 
I think of Jesus and how his own family even rejected him early in his ministry. They even questioned what he had to say and what he was doing. But then I take a look at Ephesians 1 and verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the Beloved. Now, he's writing there to the church. Those are the ones who are accepted. Although Christ was rejected of men, he did so that we may be accepted of God. In Acts 10 and verse 34, Peter is standing there, one who is a Jew, in the house of Cornelius, a Gentile. And realizing that he was called to go there, and realizing the individuals that took him there, And seeing the sincerity of Cornelius and what all he did, Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. The gospel was going to go into all the world as Jesus said it would in Matthew 28, 18-20, in Mark 16, 15 and following, in Luke 24, 44 and following, and John 20, 21-23. The gospel was going to go to all nations. It wasn't exclusively for the Jews but for the Jew first and also for the Greek, as Paul termed it in Romans 1.16. And Peter says, In truth I perceive that God shows no partiality. Man will be saved if he is obedient unto God, because although Christ was rejected of men, he made it possible that we may be accepted of God. Here's another one. Christ was put to death that we may be made alive. You know, Jesus said in Luke twenty four forty six before he ascended, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. Christ was put to death, that we may be made alive. Oh, the wonderful words of Hebrews 1 and verse 3, Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. You see, by himself he purged our sins. He was put to death that we may be made alive. And what a joy for those whom he has made alive. He is on the right hand of the majesty, making intercession for us who are obedient. Hebrews 7, 24-25. Our mediator. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4. Our advocate who pleads for us, 1 John 2, 1 through 3. All because he's made us alive. Ephesians 2 and verse 1. You he has made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. And in Colossians 2, 13. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. He has made alive together with him having forgiven you all trespasses. Yes, friends, he was put to death that we may be made alive. So, friends, again, while initially and potentially looked upon as paradoxical statements about the cross, to one obedient, these statements are powerful, and to God be the glory. You want to know a little bit more? Our program is just about over, but here is our J-Web with the details of how you can receive your free home Bible study. Friends, the International Gospel Hour offers for free a Bible study course available by mail. That's right. At your own pace, you can study the Bible in your own home. It's free. Give it a try. Please call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and leave your name, address, and just say, Home Study. That's it. 
You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the Contact tab, and leave us the same information, name, address, and type Home Study in the message box. We'll send it right away. Thank you for your interest in the things that be of God. Dear friends, they may be a bit paradoxical, those statements about the cross, but they're powerful to the obedient. I am so thankful we could study them today to go back to the cross of Christ and praise God. We'll continue our studies another time. And thanks for joining me today on the International Gospel Hour. I'm Jeff Archie and friends, keep listening. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. To God goes all the glory. And we hope that our study today will draw you closer to His Word to walk in His way. To listen to it again or other broadcasts, please visit our website at internationalgospelhour.com. God be with you.